What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, the best independent sports podcast on the planet is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. Panko Chicken is the home of the best Japanese American chicken tender, and it continues to rack up the awards in Atlanta, winning the 2019 Super Bowl Live Top Sling Vendor Award, multiple best-selling tastes at the Taste of Atlanta Awards in 2017 and 2018, and even the best fried chicken award at the 2018 ATL Cluckfest. Panko is all about connecting cultures, cultivating happiness, one chicken tender at a time. I love Panko, their family, and I can't thank them enough for their support of this podcast. It it just it means a lot. And um yeah, so go to their Midtown location, their Tucker location, and all their future locations as they take over Atlanta because they're family. And I love them, and I couldn't be more excited to see more and more locations pop up and all of that um, that goes with it. So go to go to Panko, get some chicken, get some rice, get some beer. There's all kinds of great stuff. Um, whatever you want, Panko Chicken has it. So go do that. Um, also, go to chasethomaspodcast.com. I am uh, I'm writing my ass off there uh, these days. So go do that. Read my stuff. You can get access to all of my previous episodes. You can buy my merch. You can learn more about just why I do what I do and why I believe I'm going to get where I want to go. Um, this is my dream, this, uh, this sports media thing. And um, you were going to see me on ESPN one day or Sports Illustrated, or Fox Sports, or DAZN, or whoever, um, because I'm not going to quit. I am, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to keep punching out episodes, writing articles, and just outworking everyone, because I just, I just want this more, and I believe my product, and I believe in where I'm going. Um, we're over 300 episodes strong and this is what I want. Uh, there will be no slowing down. Took a break, but this is, uh, this is my jam and this is what I want. This is my passion. And, uh, yeah. So leave a rating, leave a review on iTunes. It mean a lot. Share my articles on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Um, and join me as I keep climbing the ladder and, all of that because I I just I need your support. So if you like the podcast, keep listening, keep subscribing, tell tell your friends, keep sharing it out, keep reading my work, and uh, yeah. So okay, all right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a Thursday night edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Parkview legend, 
Brad Roland, two-part B legend, really, for including <laughs> myself in this, is back. Brad, good evening. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm certainly not a legend uh, at Parkview High School, but I did attend, so uh, we can call it that, I suppose. I think um, we're in a never-ending race to see which of us get our gets our uh, our name lifted in the banners. Or would you prefer something in the gymnasium or on the uh, on the football field in the big orange jungle? Ooh, uh, I, I played basketball at least tangentially, so I guess that would be closer. Uh, I was not a football. I mean, I went to a lot of football games. I did not play football, so probably more appropriate in the gym. But my brother was also a lot, a lot better at basketball than I was, so that, that'd be kind of weird too. So lots of weirdness. Your brother there, was good. He was. Um, He's a very large human in high school. Yeah, and he played college, and I was I was not that kind of athlete. So I, I, I talk about sports instead of playing them, which is good. Yeah. My 10-year reunion is Saturday. I didn't go to mine, uh, and I'm older than I'm you. I'm not going to mine either. Um, but yeah, you know, I, you know, it's one of those things where maybe at 20 I'll go, but I wasn't ready yet at 10. How close are you to 20? Ooh, closer than I would want to believe. Uh, let's see. I have five more years. I I was 15 this year, so yeah. Was it really? I ne- I always forget how much older you are than me. It yeah, I graduated right. in 04, so um, yeah, I'm old. Holy shit, man. Um. All right. Well, we're both getting old because ten seems insane <laughs> to me because I don't feel like I've been out of high school for ten years. But, um, we are not going to talk about Parkview anymore on this podcast. But, um, I feel like we always have to touch base on the Parkview front because it's very rare that like two media types went to the same high school in a very short uh, uh proximity amount of time. Anyway, um, NBA. We're still about a a good month and a half, a little over that from anything really happening. I hate it. I hate not having NBA stuff to listen to, to read. Um, I can't do any more rankings. I can't do any more just like Taco Tuesday dominating an NBA Newsday. I, I just need that to go away forever. Um, I'm ready to move on. But that doesn't mean my question stopped, that I still am not writing down things that I either want to write about or talk about or I just see and I think about. And um, I don't know if you're the same way, but I think we have a lot of questions heading into the 2019-2020 NBA season. So I just want to bounce off some things that I've written down that um, I want to get your perspective on. What do you think? Sounds good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. It's that dead period, but I'm always thinking about stuff anyway. And you know, for better or worse, Twitter never just turns off in the off season. Um, usually for worse, I would say. But you know, it, it does occasionally produce some interesting talking points. So uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. So we have to start with the Hawks because I think we are um on different sides of the aisle when it comes to the hawks future both immediate and um down the line and it's for different reasons i think um did you listen to nate duncan's and uh danny larue's um offseason grades for the eastern conference on their podcast yeah it's i'm trying to remember what they said but yeah it's been a couple weeks i think right since it went up but yeah i, I, did, yes. I did listen to it when it happened and uh people were upset with them which i understood i suppose but did you like I don't know how you argue with their points there. And I thought it was funny that Danny like ended up giving it a worse grade after he was like going through all their moves and then Nate was like, Well, like this cap space is gonna get used on somebody. Like, we've all kind of decided like the Draymond stuff really hurt because that was like the one guy where I was like, that could fix a lot of my worries regarding their cap space in twenty twenty and what they're gonna do with it and everything else. And I with Draymond gone out of that group, the guy that Schlenk targeted, you could maybe, maybe, maybe see them doing something to pull him away with like a ridiculous offer. Now, I just, I don't know what they do. And 
his whole thing is like they went like the reverse of what Hinky did in Philadelphia, where it's like we're we're just going for it. We think we have the guy, and we're just going to keep going. Well, I don't believe Trey is the guy. I don't believe he's a a number one option on a championship team. I think he's a number two, maybe number three. He is someone I think is very good. He got a lot better down the stretch last year. He was fun to watch. His floaters and touch around the rim is just insane. Um, but he's not a number one guy and he's always going to get murdered on screens. He's always going to get targeted on pick and rolls. He's always going to get just blitzed. And I don't know how he gets bigger. (laughs) His frame doesn't seem conducive to just this dramatic change. Um, his shooting came on, which was good because I think we were all worried about that coming out of summer league and everything else. But I agree with their points in that, like also trading up for Deandre Hunter. Like, I don't think he profiles as a star and you don't trade up for non-stars in the lottery that just doesn't make any sense um i i just have a lot of questions i think they're going all in on a team that is going to be very good for a very long time but it's a team that has a very low ceiling in that like kind of the the joe johnsony josh smithy hawks teams of the mid 2000s and maybe getting that 61 mark if trey and john and kevin herter stayed together um and really just develop this great chemistry that i think they can do it's just not a not a real contender um am i too harsh i mean there's a lot to attack there i I think some of your some of what you're saying is right in that you know particularly going back to nate and danny's offseason grades you know i didn't love what they did the offseason just because of the fact that you know i wasn't like appalled by it or anything like that there was nothing that i just really recoiled at um but at the same time like the moves on the periphery this offseason were not ones that i loved like signing jabari parker and giving him a player Dumb. option was not a good idea in my opinion um you know the the turner basemore trade isn't a big deal but it wasn't a good value trade nope for the hawks um the hunter thing you know i've talked about this a, a number of times and i think people are starting to figure out what i'm saying i actually really like hunter i think i was higher on him than most people were in the draft but i also made the point that you just made repeatedly both before and after the trade that trading up in this class unless you're going to number one or number two and for the hawks number two well it wasn't an option um with trey already on board was not going to be a good idea so trading up and for my money overpaying in the trade up for me any trade up in this draft was a bad idea and then they actually overpaid beyond that that was not a, a transaction that i loved you know on the on the opposite side i do like deandre hunter so it made it a little bit easier i suppose but certainly not a good value proposition so you know i'm not you like it if they don't if he just falls to them right like yeah this is i the mean trey it, thing it's where really like about, they just if they landed trey at five and didn't have to trade down for it then i'm okay with it it's great value at five but it's terrible to trade back like uh, they did it backwards they traded back for trey and gave up luca and they traded up for deandre hunter i just i think this is all bad business yeah, I mean, honestly, you could be really excited about the core and still have questions about some of the process stuff. And that's kind of where I am. You know, Schlenk's done a great job of drafting. Um, you know, obviously, John Collins, and Kevin Herter are two massive success stories. And in a vacuum, getting Trey Young with a fifth pick in the draft is a really good outcome. Um, so that that stuff is out there. And I think they have done a good job of not pressing along the rebuild too fast. You, know, you mentioned the process earlier. One of the things that I've liked about this rebuild is that they're not speeding it up. For instance, e- even this offseason, which I didn't love, they didn't go out and spend money trying to make the playoffs this year. That, that didn't really happen. In fact, you could probably argue that they, you know, you know, the supporting cast, I think it's worse than it was a year ago because you lose Wayne Devlin, who too. was the yeah. third best player on the team, probably. Um, mm. So if you factor all that in, are they not going to be, you know, 
internally, you're probably gonna have some some growth from their, I guess the quote unquote big three, whatever it is, the young guys who are there. They're they're gonna get better this year, and that's gonna help you. But there's nothing to say that they won't be having a high draft pick again this coming summer. And I think you know ha- they they time mm-hmm. their cap space not that well, which is unfortunate. Um, but they also can get creative and use that cap space in another way. So <laughs> the whole thing was kind of. I don't want to go too deep into this, I suppose, but the timing, they had to rebuild when they did. Don't get me wrong. I was arguing for that, for that rebuild two years earlier than that. They finally did it. And that was a good thing, but it also came at at a time when the lottery odds were being reshaped and just, you know, Mm -hmm. the timing in the league of the rebuild was not great because if you're going to bottom out like that, you don't want to be picking, for instance, you know, this year they, they landed, they landed eighth. That was really unlucky, like really unlucky. Um, and it's a small thing, I suppose. And maybe Reddish will work out and all that stuff at 10, but you know, Little things along the way can really shape your franchise. I think, you know, your point about their ceiling is an interesting one and in that I kind of agree with you to a certain extent because the defensive side of the ball, even with both Hunter and Reddish being, I think, good defensive prospects, is going to be a question mark the entire time. You know, I think Collins can improve. Young, I don't think is ever going to be anything better than below average. And that's an optimistic reading of yeah. Trey Young defensively. So, you know, you can have one of those guys. If Trey Young is the only defensive problem on your team, then you're fine. But if you have other ones, it becomes a problem. So they're going to need one more guy. This is something I've been saying for a long, long time now. Yep. They're not going to be able to. This is just a prediction, I suppose. And maybe it's maybe seen as a hot take. But in my opinion, you're not winning a title if your two best players are Trey Young and John Collins. That that should not agree, be yes. um, a hot take. But I think. No, it's not. For some fans, it is. I, I don't think that's really the The Trey stuff is just. The people have lost their minds. Sorry, well, Atlanta I mean, fans. Honestly, I love you. They've lost their minds. I the way I'm they talk about Trey Young is, is insane. It's, it's funny. Uh, I, th- I think I'm higher on him than you are at this point. You know, I didn't love the Trey. I know you are far lower on it than I am even at this point in time. I did not like the Trey when it happened. I think I don't hate Trey, though. And no, the other I know thing that, that I hate I, when I, we I can't have a normal say, conversation like, where I'm like, I don't hate Trey Young. I enjoyed a lot of his moments down the stretch. He is a fun basketball player to watch. I just would have much rather had Luca, and Luca's a much better basketball player than Trey Young, and I think he will always be a better basketball player. And that's not a, that's not a scalding hot take. I think the trade looks no. better now than it did a year ago. Um, yeah, you know, Trey was better than I thought he was going to be. I think, um, unlike you, I think he can be a number one option on a offensively. Your defensive points are spot on. It's going to be a problem. I think he can and probably will improve to some degree, but how much is the biggest question. I am really high on his offense. I think because of the passing, the, the shooting got overrated early and still probably is at this point in time overrated based on the volume and and the um, the range. He's going to be a good shooter, but the passing yeah. is what's generational about Trey Young. Trey Young is a ridiculous passer, and mm-hmm. you're looking more in that, you know, it's a lazy comp, but it's that it's more that Steve Nash mold where you're right. your best player, but he's a pl- passer playmaker. That's the avenue for him to be the number one option. It's not going to be him averaging 27 points a game. It's going to be him averaging 11 assists a game and being that kind of um, force. But, you know, on the flip side of that, you're going to need another guy. And I, I, I've come around a lot on John Collins as well. But, you know, those two guys just cannot be the two best players on a championship team. Maybe I'm wrong about that. That's kind of where I am, though, at this point. They're going to need one more guy. You're not wrong. Like, let's just go ahead and wrap this up. No, you're not wrong. There are 10 guys that matter in the league every year. They're never going to be one of those 10, ever. I They're think Trey can not be one of those 10. I really do. I think Trey really? can be one of those 10. Yes. I'm not saying he will. This is not, this is not, this is not me saying All right, I got to keep going. To Top five? I think he, he ever I think get in the Trey's five? upside is top 10 player in the league. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not predicting that, but that's kind of, I think where you and I differ is that I, I do okay. think Trey's upside is maybe not MVP of the league, but someone who is in that group of guys that actually matters. I don't think Collins is in that group. 
And, you know, people get upset about that, too. I think John's very Why? good. Why? Do people watch John Collins? I don't understand this. It's just I mean, one of those it, things, it, man. <laughs> but, you know, again, just wrapping it up, I suppose. I can't even enjoy I, it. Like, that's the other thing. We can't enjoy it because if you're on the other side of the aisle on this where it's like, I, John Collins is a great role player. I enjoy watching John Collins. Like, the, remember the Suns game where he just was gobbling up offensive rebound after offensive rebound? And it's just, it, he's a lot of fun when he's in a rebounding machine mode and he can shoot some threes and all that kind of stuff. But, like... He's not a star, not even close. He'll never be a star. I I also think I'm a little bit higher on him than you are. Um, But, you know, only because I do think that he's used the word role player and that's going to upset some people. I think he's better than that. Um, But, you know, again, the overall. There's nothing wrong with role players. Draymond Green's a role player. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. The the point that I was really wanting to make is that those two guys can't be your two best players. And it's not a shot at either one of them. It's that. You know, look at look at title teams. There's there's one outlier basically in the last 35 years of a team that didn't have two, you know, legitimate top 15 guys on the team, and that was the, that, that was that Pistons team that basically had five of the top 50 instead. Um, but other Watch than that, you have to have two top 20 players in the league probably on your team to win a championship, and that's being kind. You probably need more than that, but at a minimum, you need two of the top 20 players in the league, and I'm not sure that's going to be what the Hawks have. So. You know. And that was the point that I think Nate Duncan and them were making was that like, this is why you keep taking bites at the apple because I think the Hawks think they're done and they're out of the lottery. I, I really think they're making a playoff push this year. I think that I don't I don't think that I mean, I think OK, I, I think that they're further along. I think that they believe they're further along than you and I do. But yes. I think I do think that they understand. I would hope that they understand that they're not ready just yet. And I, and I say that because, you know, both hearing things from, from people inside the organization and they didn't go out and push. I mean, the Hunter trade was a was a move that felt like it was kind of that, but it's still you're you're still getting a rookie. And on the on the periphery, they didn't really do anything to go to go all in for the playoffs this year. In fact, you could argue that what they did in the offseason was almost dedicated to staying out of the playoffs. Like I'm not that that's sort of a conspiracy theory that I'm not actually mm. trying to espouse. But you know, when your big ticket item in the offseason, aside from the draft, is is getting Jabari Parker. You really didn't go make a playoff push. You d- you didn't you didn't no replace Wendell at Parsons. all. You didn't like you know they didn't really do anything to do that. And I think playoffs is not impossible because of the fact that they're in the East and because of the fact that they have young talent. But you know I'd be more worried honestly. Going back to the beginning of this conversation, I'd be more worried if they had gone out and made win now moves. They d- they really didn't do that. I guess the Hunter trade is kind of kind of that because he's more of a low ceiling player. And that's why yeah. I didn't love that trade, just like you didn't. But aside from that move, everything else they did was really future fo- future focused. You know, Cam Reddish is a long term draft pick. They, oh. did, they, did, they didn't make a they didn't go out and sign some guy to an overpay. They didn't go out and get Nick Vucevic for one hundred million dollars. That, that didn't happen this summer. So Can I have I a little bit of I, faith uh, in them taking it easy. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm going to be honest about something. I kind of pushed for them to to sign Vucevic. And and that and honestly it wouldn't have been a disaster. I just mean they didn't do anything like that. They they didn't go no. out. That that would have been a win now move, obviously. Well, and win now and no, it's not really win now. Like I don't think he like gives them more than like 3 additional wins or something like that. Like it's win now and that like it pushes them closer to being a playoff team cuz it puts another vet on the court who knows what he's doing. Um Yeah, you mean I mean you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's more about any, not resigning any, any, any was big dumb. money contract to a free agent that was 28, 29 years old this summer was a win now move. And they didn't do any of that. The one guy they paid and you is can make Jabari, the case they should have, though, right? Because I mean, now with all of this cap space next year, what are they going to do with that money? Well, I've argued already, and I'm, getting out, I'm going to get out in front of this a little bit, um, and I'll do it here. 
I've argued already that the, the most likely thing they think that they're going to do with that is either either they can make a trade in season to take on yes. money, or they can do what people hate and take on bad money because you know oh god they, they might sign some contracts and I think they probably will sign a contract or two this this summer but if you enter this this offseason with seventy five million dollars in cash space which is where they are right now yes. They don't that they're not using that on play all of that on players. It's not happening. They're not using that on guys that they want that they want to sign. They're just and not. They're, they're, they're not available with the floor, the salary floor. Where I mean, go hit. go look at. I mean, I know you know this, but go look at the free agent list. There really it's is. There's awful. nobody you want to sign to a thirty million dollar contract that's a free agent this summer. Like the guys that you would want that I would want anyway would be like Derek Favors, who's a twenty million dollar player, not a thirty million dollar player. And I can see an overpay there. And even, I could see even, them doing that. Even if you did that. You might give him $25 million a year, and that's too much money. But even if you did that, you still have $50 million left. Like, there's, you can't spend all that money. It's not, it's not going to be possible for them to spend all that money on players that you would want. So they have to get creative, and that's what I was saying earlier about, about them timing this very poorly. And that's not anybody's fault because, you know, it was supposed to have Anthony Davis in this, in this, free, agent, in this free agent class. It probably isn't going to happen anymore. I, I guess he's still going to be a free agent technically. There are people who are talking about, like, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. Like, well, I think they can talk I mean, about I mean, And then there's the other stuff where it's like, oh, some uh, superstars may want to team up with Trey and Herter and John Collins. And I'm like, why are we doing this? This is not happening. Are they going to go full Dallas Mavericks where it's like, oh, they might actually be able to get one, even though they've never gotten a free agent ever, but this will be the year. Atlanta yeah, I mean, is going to lure a free agent. Like, I, I do think that it's it's kind of an appealing destination if they take a step forward because they're so young, but at the same time, there's just nobody to sign. Short no. of Honestly, short of Anthony Davis hating everything about Los Angeles. There but is you're nobody not signing Anthony Davis. Well, and Hawks I, are not getting Anthony I, Davis. I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. I, I agree. I, I'm saying even if you threw him in as an option, which he, as I agree with you, he's not, there's not a single player. I'm not, I've, I've looked at the list. There's not a single player that I would max. If I was the Hawks, that's going to yeah. be a phrase this summer. There's not one I player agree. available. Whether, whether that player would say yes or not, there's not one player aside from Davis available that I would max. Not one. Right. And they're going to have two. I, I agree. Lines. <laughs> so it's, to your point it's, it's not gonna be sexy i mean pe- i'm trying to tamp down expectations a little bit with people they're gonna do it somebody my gut is they're maxing someone they shouldn't and it's gonna be bad they, i don't know I, who it's I gonna mean, be yet i'd be more worried if they hadn't just drafted two small forwards in the top 10 because like the jalen brown thing is out there like because he's from here he's you know he's restricted he went to wheeler like, right Ash, yeah he went to wheeler he's he's a local product and you know that kind of thing might scare you but i can't imagine them doing that now when you just spent two top 10 picks on small forwards or combo forwards so but do you think either of them measure up to what jalen brown is it depends on where you're on jalen brown i mean i'm higher on jalen brown than either of them and that's that's totally reasonable. I think he's certainly Brown is definitely better than Reddish as a prospect. Um, Hunt- Reddish is Jeff Green. Like I just I'm so out on the Reddish stuff, and now I'm seeing like he like was it Andrew Sharp who tweeted out like someone was saying that like he's going to be a superstar um, coming out of some team. What was it? I forgot what it was this week. Just so much random stuff that I've seen. But like the Reddish stuff, I I don't get it all. Like there there are so many red flags there. And I, I yeah, I mean I, I like I like him. It's funny. I thought the whole draft process that I was higher reddish than some people were like, I had an eight on my final board and that felt kind of high compared to other people. And then I encountered Hawks Twitter that thought I was like hating him and thought that I was way too low. And I was like, guys, I had him eight. They got him at 10 and I said it was a good pick and people were like, you're crazy. He's a, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's an expectations thing. People love him. They're higher on reddish than they are Hunter. 
Oh yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think if you polled Hawks fans right now, I think Reddish would probably do better than Hunter, which is yeah. I think is insane. Um, right. And part of that's just the Reddish, you know, hype train from a, from a prospect prospect perspective. You know, the hype the hype video thing. But I kind of like Reddish as a prospect. Um, almost more for his floor. Like, I think he's going to be a good defender. I think he's going to shoot it. Um, the numbers were terrible in, in college. That can't be ignored by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I, I don't see the star upside. That That's kind of where I was with Reddish. People want to point to that as an option. And that, that seems not to be the, the case for me. I think he's a good prospect. I just think the expectation game is uh, running away with Hawks fans, which, you know, fans are supposed to be somewhat crazy. So I, I understand it. Um, but... To we're your point too, about the no, whole thing about like Jalen we're too Powell, pushed like, away, I think, at this point. We're we're too um, objective with the way we look at this. And oh just... yeah, no, I mean, I, I've I've said this before. I, I cover the t- I cover the whole league, and I do this a lot. So yeah, I mean, I grew up a Hawks fan. I had season tickets. I think like an analyst now more than a fan. Occasionally, I'll feel the fan thing come back um, in my soul. But for the most part, I, I try to just analyze the team and I cover the team and people – I think a lot of people understand that. But there's definitely people that don't and and want to tell me that I hate on the city and hate on the team. And I'm, I'm like, well, I've lived here for 30-plus years. Well, I've always, I've always said that Brad Rowland hates Atlanta. Yeah. That's so one it's, thing it's just that's one, always it's, been it's true. It's just one of those funny things about the way you cover – you know, and especially because I run, I run Peachtree Hoops, which I think before I got there was much more of a fan site than it is now. Um, yep. And people don't like – that we try to cover the the team objectively. Like I I don't mind writing a negative thing about somebody or uh, just analyzing players in an accurate way. And I kind of built the staff that same way. A lot of people that I brought on, I think are really smart analysts, but they're not going to just come out. Jeff Siegel. Wave the pom-poms. Yeah. I love Jeff. Um, in fact, Jeff is not taking on the mantle of being the people, the person that everybody hates in Atlanta. Um, cause mm. Jeff, is, but Jeff's an analyst. Jeff does. Jeff's just jokes on you. He's a, across the country folks. So you can't get to him. And, and that's, that's kind of why he doesn't care. Like Jeff will come out and give his opinion. If he, if he likes a player or, or a prospect or a transaction, he'll, he'll say it. If he doesn't, he'll say that too. And that's, that's why I wanted to work with Jeff. And you know, it's just kind of because it comes with the territory, but you know, bringing it all the way full circle, I'm definitely higher on the Hawks than you are at this moment. But I also mm-hmm. see where you're coming from, and I, I think I'm just splitting the difference a little bit. The, the, the fan base is much higher than I am, and yeah. you are lower than I am. I, I, I guess this is probably you're in the middle, and for me, but I'm in the middle. So, can I just be mad about the Luca stuff forever until they're um, gone? Can I, I would encourage that to not? I would I would encourage you to try to not do that because I have why a lot of those kind of things in my in my soul, and they're not great for you. But I totally understand it, like why you would be upset. I, I know think- exactly where I was when the pick happened because I didn't think he'd fall to three, and when it just said Luka Doncic, because I was just uh, uh, like obsessed, like a oh god, this guy is just the real deal, Real Madrid, ready to go. Like this is the thing the Hawks actually timed. They're tanking at the right time for this. I'm ready. If he falls out of one, because like I was just like, well, um, the Slovenia thing with Igor, like he coached him, all that kind of stuff. Like I could see it, and I wasn't a big Aiton guy, uh, Mr. Empty Calories there, and I just am adamantly opposed to drafting bigs early and paying bigs. And I just, if you look at the top of the league and both conferences now, it's just uh, it's a lead guard, lead forward league. And the Joel and B types are great when they're healthy and all that kind of stuff, but there's just more possessions dominated by guards, and it's just hard to survive when your best player is big. Luca is just phenomenal, and like seeing the the eerie similarities between his first couple months in the league to LeBron was um, very tough for me to handle, where he was putting up stats that only LeBron had previously. Um, 
I just, I, the doom and gloom that I felt going from Luca and then trading back, I, I'll never forgive him. I'll never forgive Schlink for doing that to me. And just, I, I was ready for season tickets. I was just going to go as a fan. I was just going to go and watch Luca up close and say, like, I got to watch this dude in person for 10 plus years and he's insane. Yeah, and no, I had I, to watch a step back three that he made in Dallas. I had to watch the finger roll that he did to ice the game against Denver. And it was brutal. It's all been brutal and I hate it. I just want to be able to hate it and just that's where I'm at still a year later. I don't, I don't blame you just because that's a, it's a very visceral reaction. And honestly, it was the, per- it was the perfect storm because if you had Luca at one, like so many of us did, myself included, and he falls to you at, at three, um, it just kind of heightens the heart, heightens the heartbreak a little bit. You're too. like, oh my god, it happened. He right. fell. Um, so I, I totally get that. And again, I had Luca at one. I, I've come around on Trey quite a bit to the point where, and again, I'm also treating this less as a fan. There's less visceral reaction from me anyway. Um, but I think it just really helps that Trey, I, I, I would, I would not have Trey at number two in the draft in that class, um, fairly comfortably. Um, so I, I still think Luca is a better prospect. I think he's a better player now. That's not controversial. We, well, it is, I think it is locally. It's, it shouldn't be controversial, at least nationally. It's not controversial. Oh my God. The takes have been like, oh, I know. Remember, and they're like out the there. second and half I, of the season. It just, it I, was, I, don't I had to stay off Twitter. I just, I hated you know, it. I'm just wanted to lay that out there at least a little bit but I, I think i think the fact that i've come around on trey so much makes it um to where i, I and also i just got i got really sick of talking about it you know it's been yeah it's been too too long to where i i basically instituted a, a no Doncic rule um <laughs> for our slack channel and really for content unless it's just absolutely necessary to do it like i'm kind of done after one year like hopefully this doesn't have to be a thing forever and ever and ever it's never going to not be a thing i think but I'm just kind of sick of it. So I think the combination of Trey playing really well and I think being better than I thought he was going to be helps to lessen it a little bit. And I think, listen, um, you know, we talked about Reddish a second ago without offering more opinion on him. If he works out, Hawks fans are going to be really excited about that trade, um, even, even if they shouldn't be. Even if Luca is the better They're going to be more unbearable. The Reddish, well, Trey Young, Hive if, go hand Young, in hand. If and Young and Reddish both, both work out, then – Growing. You've, you've, you've already seen some growing and I totally get it. So, you know, Luca is an awesome prospect. He's a, he's an awesome player already. Um, and again, I haven't had him number one in that class. I, I wouldn't move off that for any, for any reason at this point in time, but I think the, the blow is lessened by Trey being a real player. Um, and he's, he's a monster in my opinion. So, you know, and also I'm just not a, I don't have the same visceral reaction that you do, even if I understand it. Trust me, you're not alone. I, I still hear from from Hawks fans that are upset about it still, even um, well, even ones that have come around on Trey. Some it's not I just want to see more seven seven <laughs> like taped over the eleven from Trey. Like if I could encourage more Hawks fans to just put a, some tape and put Luca's name on the back and just go to Hawks games this year for the next ten to fifteen years. That's all I want. Give me a third of the phillips arena or what is it called now what do they read what do they rename it to state it's farm not phillips. Arena. state farm yes state where, farm. I, where i spend way too much time between the months of <laughs> and april um really warm yeah. in there the new fire and everything it's it's a fun experience um i love the games there and it's loud in it, there to be sure it is extremely loud um but anyway uh last thing very quick because i was not expecting to talk hawks for like 30 minutes in the podcast, podcast but it it happens um what i would do if i was schlink and how I would handle the the cap space thing. I, I really love the, the Kevin Love stuff. 
I think Kevin Love would make a lot of sense with the way this team plays. I think the pick and pop stuff with him and Trey would be good. I think just the rebounding alone between him and John Collins in the floor would just be a pain in the ass. It'd probably put them in the playoffs for me as a seven or eight seed if they made that move. I'm um, and probably got somebody back also in that deal. Your personal favorite, Jordan Clarkson, as the backup point guard. I think oh, we just have Lord. to do it. Um, also, Ooh, very annoyed pass. they did not. Pass on that. I know. I'm out. Jordan Clarkson. I'm out on Jordan Clarkson. No, um, I, I'm with you, but uh, they need a backup point guard because I don't think the Evan Turner thing is going to go on for 82 games. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't Especially want like that. they were number one in pace last year. Number one, and you're going to tell me they're going to switch from Trey to Evan Turner? Mister, I, I don't. I don't see how that works. And like the offensive identity clashes, I none of it makes sense to me. And I think it's going to. It's, it's very gonna weird. It's very weird. Um, the Kevin Love thing. I think offensively it'd be awesome. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, he doesn't help you defensively. I think he makes you worse defensively at center, particularly. Um, you know, talking about what we talked about earlier, Kevin Love is still is still good at basketball, and at this point, he's probably underrated as a basketball player. Um, but you know, the offense would be fun. The defense would not be fun if you're trying the to play. The defense is over. I just I guess I've given up on. the I guess defense. that's true. I, I mean, if you're, <laughs> you're, but but if, if you're trying to play a lineup that has. <laughs> Trey Young, John Collins at the four, and Kevin Love at the five, and try to and try and try to play defense against anybody. It's just it's just not gonna. They happen. were 27th in defensive rating last year, and it might be worse this year if we're being honest. Exactly. So who cares? My point is like, well, who cares? Me? Go full Phoenix Suns in the <laughs> mid 2000s. If you want to compare him to Nash, let's go full Nash. Let's make this the number. Well, like let's yeah. make them an offensive juggernaut. Here, here's the thing. I I'm okay with that thought process, except for the fact that the Suns were not good defensively, but they were like you know mid to late teens in defensive efficiency not every year not 29 yeah that whole run i actually wrote about them not not too long ago they were not good defensively they were but they were top 20 they were not dead last defensively and by the way they didn't win anything so if if the whole thing is to go out and win the championship you got to defend and you know that that some team is like the best possible example of a team who could be this hawks team like who who, you actually want to be the number one offense and you know the 17th best defense but you have to get the 17th best on defense and that isn't the easiest jump to make. I mean, it might sound easy, but going from 27th, 28th, 29th to 17th is a big jump. And they yeah. lost Wayne Devin, who was, you know, great for them last year. You had to watch the best game, but he was great for them. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough Hawks. Um, that that's it. No more Hawks. And the Hawks fans in our mentions after this is up, is going to be great. Um, do you care at all that so many guys skipped out on Team USA? Ooh, um, yes. I, I like Team USA. I like watching international basketball, and I care about it. So, the fact that you know they're sending the C minus D plus team is not fun for me. Um, I don't have any ill will towards anybody that, that skips, though. That's kind of the middling answer, but it doesn't upset me that people would skip. I think there are certain guys that could benefit from it. And I also think that the, even with the defections, they didn't do a very good job selecting this team, um, which is, I guess, a different argument altogether. But I think if you just, you know, I understand there was some unforeseen defections, but they probably could have just built a better, more cohesive basketball team. Like they don't have any power forwards, which doesn't make any sense on this team. For instance, um, they, they, they took some role players and that's a good idea. Like having Joe Harris makes a ton of sense because Joe Harris is Joe Harris. He shoots the ball and they have Marcus Smart makes some sense, but they just didn't make this team make sense as a cohesive unit. But as, as far as the players are concerned, I think guys should be playing more. I, I would encourage them to play more, but you know, it's a six week, seven week commitment at the end of an off season. And I can't get too upset for guys that don't want to do it in a non-Olympic year, particularly like, you know, I wish they did, but I'm not upset about it. 
That's fair. Um, I don't care either way because I'm not watching it. And it's hard for me to get worked up about something that I don't even watch or invest. It's harder to watch when it's at like 530 in the morning. Like that's yeah. – it's a, it's, a, it's, a uh, it's a rough time zone thing this time around for people in um, the United States, particularly people outside the East Coast where you and I are. And it's manageable for me. But honestly, they've been playing at like 8 a.m. and then I, I got to go to work. So even if I wanted to watch these games – it's either really early in the morning, like 5.30, 6.30, 7.30, or it's like a 9 o'clock game and I have to go to work and I can't watch it. So I'm having to scramble to watch it, and it's because I care, so I try to make it work and try to watch it. Like Saturday morning, they're playing Greece, and you know, am I going to wake up at 7.30? Probably, but I cannot, I can sort of understand why people wouldn't do that because it's, again, it's, it's the D team. You know, it's, not ser- it's not terribly exciting to watch Harrison Barnes as, starting, as a starting power forward for Team USA. That's just not a lot of fun. No. No, it's really not fun watching Harrison Barnes start for your team in general, I don't think. I mean, he, this is a tangent. He's not, I actually think he's not as bad as people think he is, but he should not he's be fine. Starting, the starting power forward for Team USA. <laughs> so. No, and I also could see him on the Hawks, by the way. I would not rule that out either. And uh, I just, we'll have to see what the Kings do. But um, he's a he's a salary guy that I could see them target who's under contract long term. Um, who would you start? If you're the Lakers, who's your five? Or maybe not even who would you start? Who's your closing yeah, five? Yeah, closing five is interesting. Um, it would be, I mean, it would have to be AD at the five, LeBron at the four for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not LeBron at the four. Maybe if you want to go Kuzma. LeBron at the one. That. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably, honestly, yeah, you're, you're right. It's probably LeBron at the one with Danny Green, KCP, Kuzma, and Davis. I think it's probably what I would do. Okay. KCP um, on the floor in crunch time. I, I like KCP more, more than most people do, but I mean, who are the other options? There's not. They're not Avery Bradley, I guess. I mean, I think KCP is better than Avery Bradley at this point. Maybe Bradley proves me wrong, but Avery Bradley has been like he was good terrible. down the stretch last year. Yeah, Memphis. but there was like a two year stretch when Avery Bradley was like just coasting on being Avery Bradley when he was like flat out bad. Um, mm. So yeah, one of those two. I mean, if, if if Avery Bradley catches the mojo and he's the guy he used to be, then. You want him out there instead of KCP, but um, your question kind of illustrates that it's not a great situation to be in if you're the Lakers. Um, they have some guys I like, like Jared Dudley could be interesting. But the problem is all their best players are power forwards and Danny Green. Like Over under, Jared Dudley starts 10 games for the Lakers this year. I mean, probably under because they had Kyle Kuzma and they mm. play the same position. Like Kyle Kuzma is a power forward and so is Jared Dudley. I, I, I wish that this roster made more sense. Because yeah. even if you want to be as generous as humanly possible about Kyle Kuzma, um, he doesn't make a lot of sense on a team that has LeBron and AD on it. Yeah. Um. So, and that's not his all they had to do was keep Lonzo and move Kuzma. That's, you know, that that's deal. all they so, had to do. Without without full knowledge of the discussions, it's tough. Right. But yes, I mean, it's it never made sense for them to make Kuzma the number one guy they wanted to keep, and that was the reporting right. that was out there. And it, I mean. I don't know that. I don't know that first. I like Kuzma, but I've read it. But like, Lonzo was the person to keep. He would have made a lot more sense. I would be way higher on this Lakers team if Lonzo was the one who stayed. I mean, even more than Ingram, right? Lonzo would have made the most sense. I I think I'm often a little bit too hard on Kuzma. I'm not high on him. I'm probably a little bit too hard on him. But it's not his fault by any means. He's cheap. You know, he's he's definitely a value contract. He's a useful player. It's just that he's a power forward. And they need defense and shooting, and he doesn't really do either one of those things. So I'm 96 percent certain the first two months of the season, Rajon Rondo is going to start in crunch time or playing crunch time. That is a disaster. He's terrible. 
Frank Vogel's the head coach. 2019 Rondo is not a good basketball player. Um, the only I thing that he does like, well is pass at this point. Yeah. And um, LeBron needs to have the ball. So if if Rondo's on the court, the only th- the only thing that he does well on a basketball court is have the ball and pass. And if you have LeBron, you don't want the ball to have, be in his hands. So why why would you play Rondo? I, I'm with you though. My he guess play. is it's He's either Rondo or it's Dwight. It's one of the two. I uh, Vogel is I just oh. I don't think I mean he's JaVale's that better much. than Dwight probably at this point. Um, Dwight's starting though, right? I don't know what the agreement is. There was a lot of the weirdness when he signed. Like he has this fully non-guaranteed contract. There's the rhetoric. Even Woj was reporting stuff about how they basically gave him no leeway. So, I mean, traditionally, I would think that Dwight would start for a team like this because he's the name and he is established. I think he's the only way to motivate him, right? Like it's the Ben yeah, Wallace thing I mean, where you have to feed him early a couple of times just to I like, don't know. show I mean, him that. There's, in addition to all of Dwight's Dwightness, he also had a long-term injury last year. So I, I don't know what you're going to get out of Dwight. Even if he was... And I never believe this until I actually see it. Even if he was going to be a, the good soldier, buy in and do exactly what they ask him to do, there's also the health thing. So JaVale is not great, but you know, JaVale has been a lot more useful than Dwight Howard for the last two seasons, maybe three seasons. So I don't know. Or they could have just signed Joakim Noah, who's a better basketball player in 2019. They could have signed Stella Measures, which is what I would have done. Oh, that's okay. That's uh, sure. a scalding hot take for you. Okay. Uh, did you see what Schroeder said about Dwight um, last year? Ooh, uh, that got probably, re- that resurfaced. I probably saw. Where he's like it, Dwight played hard for four games. I when he was with the I, Hawks. I would believe. That. <laughs> I mean, I was in that locker room a lot that year. I don't want to say too much, but yeah, it was, it's it was not a great situation in that locker room. Between and it wasn't just Dwight. I mean, Dwight got a lot of blame. I made fun of Dwight a lot. That was a terrible signing when it happened. I said it at the moment it happened. Hawks fans got mad at me, and I was right. But um, it wasn't just Dwight that was the problem. There, there was there were, there were more problems. But Dwight was okay. the biggest problem, I would argue. So there you go. Friend of the pod, Matt Moore. Um, he listed his early rankings, and he has the Rockets at number one overall in the West, tied with wins with the Jazz. Do you agree with this? Um, that's that's not crazy. I haven't finalized my like f- top to bottom projections yet. I think Houston is going to be awesome in the regular season. Because I, I, I trust D'Antoni to stagger Westbrook and Harden and kind of just make it a 48-minute thing where they're both going to play a lot of minutes. Russ is going to be on a mission. And they'll be good in the regular season, barring injury. Um, I was going to say saw, the injury stuff because they're down. Like, depth has always been an yeah, issue. Yeah, they them, don't have a lot of depth. But on the flip side of that, Russ, Russ is a lot more capable of playing, you know, 2,500 minutes than Chris Paul ever was. So yeah. if you if you just if you can guarantee me 75 games each from Russ and Russ and Harden, then they're going to be awesome. Um, in the regular season, I don't love that playoff fit at all. Cause I think Russ is not a great fit with James Harden, but if you just stagger those guys, it's, it could make some sense. And Harden has been really, really good for a while now. Um, Utah, I've always liked, and I think, you know, obviously getting Mike Conley, that really helps them. I'm a little bit worried about their deep, not their, de- not worried about the defense necessarily compared to the league, but, I'm not sure they're elite defensively right now at this moment, like elite elite, like the way that they had been in the past, you know, Gobert Gobert is still awesome, but they don't have the same kind of like power forward talent. You know, Bogdanovich is a good defender, but not not, not quite the same heft and they're not super flexible. Like they kind of only have a couple things that they can do. So I like Utah a lot too. Those two teams would be my Western conference regular season picks. I think to be at the top because the Clippers are going to load manage and the Lakers, I hope load manage. And then 
who else is there that's like capable of winning 58 games? The Nuggets. Yeah, that's true. They'd be in the discussion too. If I had to do standings right now, it would be the three of those teams in some order. And the Clippers are the ultimate wild card because I think the Clippers would be probably my title pick at this moment if I had to pick somebody. I don't yep. love that. Like it's not an overwhelming favorite for me, but they'd be there. I just don't know what you're going to get out of PG and Kawhi from a games perspective. It's just they yeah. should load manage Kawhi and PG's going to get a late start, I think. So who knows how many how many games they actually win. Are you a believer that Tobias Harris can just step right into the, the Jimmy Butler role? Because there's like a piece on Liberty Ballers um, this week that I would encourage people to read because it looks at like Tobias and how he was used. And like he complained after the season that like he went from the lead ball handler in LA and was leading fast breaks and was the number one option. He was really good and he was almost an all-star there. And then he went back into the pick and pop or the basically the driving kick three point shooter. So there was just all these different clips of Jimmy and Ben driving and kicking and he just had to make this quick decision and it didn't go well. Like he had this bad travel in the Raptor series. Like he clearly wasn't comfortable moving back into that role, but now he's going to be the one closing, it seems like. And I don't know, like I'm pretty, I think the Sixers are going to be good. I still think that the Pacers are winning the East next year. I'm sticking to that. Wait, the Pacers? Um, yes. Oh, you, we, you, you and I could not be further apart on this. I am out the, of the, the Victor Oladipo um, stuff. He is, if he's healthy and he's what he was in 2017, 2018. Um, what he did against two, the LeBron. Two, two very big ifs there, by the way. That's For sure. This, that's my caveat. If he yeah. is not there, then no. But if he is there, he will matter more than any other player in the East in the playoffs. If he's, the, if he's there, then. I think they, I think they have the ceiling of the three seed. Um, so I'm still lower on, I'm still lower seed. on them. They're than not going to have a bad player in their rotation again. Like they yeah, never I, no, play I'm, bad I'm players. Just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with you on this. I'm just, I'm just not going to be, in fact, like I'm going to have, their under, <laughs> I'm going to have their under the record season. I'm going to have all kinds of things on the Pacers. How dare um, you? Part of that. So part of that, by the way, part of that's all depot related. I think he's not going to be back for a while. Um, but that's a problem. If he is back, I like them more than I do without him, obviously, but no, you're, do you know who else I love Malcolm Brogdon? Do you yeah, know he's, a perfect he's good fit next to him. Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is good. Um, I think TJ Warren, good basketball player. Jeremy Lamb, very good basketball player. You Jordan realize it's fine. No, no one you've named so far is as good as Thaddeus Young. Just want to let you know that. No one. Uh, you've I would disagree. Good. You don't think Malcolm Brogdon is as good as Thaddeus Young? I, I, would I do. I do disagree. Not. I do not. Um, Miles Turner still on this roster. Demontis Sabonis still on this roster. Aaron Holiday, we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Turner and Sabonis are both very good at basketball. I just don't think they're good together, and that that's a problem when you can't play your two of your best three players together. So we'll they, see. We will. I, I, I just think uh, they're, I, I, I they're a smart there. team. I'm, I'm not in. I know, I know, I'm on an island here, but I just, I just, I cannot quit Oladipo. I think he he turned into a real star, and I think he has top five player stealing. I really do. Um, I don't, but I think he's very good. So I'm not trying to kill him by any means. I think he's very, very good. I, I worry about the injuries more than the performance with him. I do too. The if he's healthy, if he's healthy, he's very good. I think he, I don't think he's as good as he, he almost is. eliminated LeBron by himself. Um, yeah, I'm out on that. But <laughs> but listen, <laughs> I'm gonna I, get uh, you there, Brad. I don't want to derail. I'm gonna tweet you, but... you once a day or during the season. Every time Victor Oladipo pulls up with a Puget three, um, I'm gonna be like, Brad, Brad, he's back. That's Look. fine. I mean, he's he's good. Oh, you asked me about to- Tobias Harris. Yeah, Tobias Harris. Yes, I did. So. I like the Sixers. Um, I think they did a pretty good job, all things considered, with all their craziness this summer. Uh, I'm not a big Jimmy Butler guy, particularly in that situation. Um, Didn't love that. But the one thing that he did do was close games and be their number one option offensively. 
So, you know, Tobias Harris, I think is good. I don't think that he has that kind of game to him to where he's going to be the number one option. Um, and that's their biggest problem is that they don't really have one of those guys. They, you know, Ben yeah. Simmons, I think Ben Simmons almost got underrated last year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I was never the biggest flag waving Ben Simmons fan, but I think he got a lot of hate and a lot of it was a little bit unjustified for me. Um, and Bede's awesome. I think Horford is very, very good. Although I, I do worry about Horford playing power forward a ton. Like he could play with Embiid, no question about it, but I, I'm hoping that Brett Brown staggers those guys and lets Al play like 15 minutes a game at center. That'd be what I would do just as a sidebar. I think making Al a full-time power forward would limit him a little bit more than I would be liking to do. How excited Um, are you though, that uh, Philly fans are now going to have to experience the Al is uh, at his true position at the four um, debate that you spent like a decade. The thing, yeah, the thing about this is, uh, you know, he could, he could always play the four. He just, was better at center and mm-hmm. become a five-time all star. Anthony Davis stuff. It's like, yeah, but we, even we worse. Honestly, he could be I mean, four. Davis. Yeah, it's worse. We, we, yeah. We've we've at least seen. You know, Davis is still an All NBA player at power forward. Um, whereas I, I don't think Al Horford would would have ever been an All Star at power forward. And that comes from someone hmm. absolutely loves Al Horford from from the bottom of my heart. I'm a I'm I am number one a Al Horford supporter. I don't think because of the numbers more than anything. I think if I think because of and you could have argued that he could have been an all star on worth, but guys who play like Al Horford, who you know go out and average seventeen and eight in their absolute prime, don't make the all star team at power forward. It doesn't really happen. Um, so I think he would have been even more criminally underrated if he played power forward his whole career. Uh, but to that end, like he's older now. He's I think he's more of a center now than he's ever been because he's he's not he's older. It's just what happens. You lose some of your burst and all that stuff. But they're going to need Tobias Harris to do more. I just don't, I don't fully trust it. In fact, you know, between him and Richardson, you could piece it together. There's still, you know, it's not, I'm not breaking any, any new ground here, but their biggest question mark, honestly, is that, is that, is who's going to be the guy with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. I don't know the answer still. And I, I don't love Harris in that role. I don't love Richardson in that role. I don't love Simmons in that role. So good luck to you. Those are your three options. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Spurs, are they a playoff team next year? I will say yes. Okay. Uh, I I am I'm I'm not in the business of fading the fading the Spurs because last year made no sense at all. Did they win 48 last year? Am I am I, am I remembering that right? 48, 49. Yeah, they, I don't think they got 50. So, that yeah, that was a was team that had. If you look at that roster, that is that was nothing remotely approaching a 48 win roster in the Western Conference last no. year. And they did it anyway. And this year, their their roster is better. Um, Can I give you my flaming hot take that I'm very serious about that also pissed off Hawks fans? Sure. Derek White's going to be a better basketball player than Trey Young. Yeah, we don't agree on that at all. Derek White is like I like I Derek White. All the way I was always Derek White. Derek White. I'm very pro Derek White. Um, that I think you're insane with the, with the take, but Jesus. I do like I do like the Victor Oladipo stuff. This you're really going at me right now, Brad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, but de- no, no, Derek White. Why is not to be anywhere as near as good as Trey Young? That's that's not why. Good. Um, how did you time? watch him in that? How Nuggets much time series? Do we have? Did you watch? I know he, <laughs> uh, my favorite new conspiracy theory is in this, there is validity to this that like, yes, Trey young had the eye thing, but he also backed out once it became known that Derek white was going to be ahead of him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard that. I, I've heard that conspiracy. I don't know anything about that, so I'm not gonna. I don't know. But you know, I loved it though. It it spoke Derek, to me. Derek it White, was my perfect conspiracy theory. Where like it was, I had a chef's kiss moment. Where I'm I like, mean, Derek mm. White was playing for his his coach. It's not like irrelevant. <laughs> it's not irrelevant at all. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, again, I say this as someone who is pro Derek White, like unequivocally pro Derek White. I always have been. Derek White averaged nine point nine points per game last season. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like the Spurs are different. That's not what Pop I understand. Wanted. I understand. He doesn't understand. want him to. And I'm Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge, they had the high usage. That I, was. I their totally thing. get it. And he was better in the playoffs. He's already twenty five. This is not some super young guy. Twenty four. No, he's twenty five, my friend. Twenty five. He just turned twenty five. July second, nineteen ninety four. Okay, he just turned it. Okay, twenty five years old. That's not young. Like he's he's not someone who's like this super upside player. Anyway, I, I don't. I hate that you put me in a position where I have to just play with play Derek White. I love Derek White. Derek White is this to yourself, sir. He's not. You were the one who went down this road. Derek, no, it's this is silly. Derek, Derek <laughs> not White silly. is like a really, really nice role player. Trey Young is not. He played in 1,728 minutes and was plus 6.4 per 100 possessions. Playing with the Spurs. It's not, you, can't do, you can't do apples to apples like that. You just said that. I can. He was the best player on the court in the Spurs Nugget series. That's that's not accurate, Nicole. You're, I, I'm saying from the Spurs perspective, obviously okay. not the Nuggets perspective. Okay. I'm but, saying okay, just you from said the Spurs. that in seven playoff games last year, he mm-hmm. averaged 15 points a game, which is yep. just fine. But you know, and he was efficient, like he he was really good in the playoffs. But that it's not like you know, really good in the playoffs does not mean even even if those were his numbers in the regular season, which they certainly were not. They were nowhere close to that. Is that going to blow you away? 15, three and three. You got to look at the 36 minutes. His per 36 was 25 and five. Uh, and he didn't shoot the ball well from three. Oh, I mean, like yeah, he, he's, he's a fine player. Like again, you're not going to make white's de- real bro. I'm not going to denigrate Derek white. Derek white's really good, but Derek white is 25 and doesn't have, he has some Chauncey builds to him. Oh, oh, oh chase. What are, we doing? <laughs> what are we doing right now? What are we doing right now? I love Derek white. I like, Derek, I like Derek White, uh, but this is no. You're 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 being silly now. I'm out. No, uh, I'm not. I legitimately believe that. I, I really I believe really that do. you believe it. I just uh, Trey Young. Trey Young is Trey Young is a lot, a lot, lot, lot better prospect than, than Derek White. It's not. It's Disagree. Not Derek, Derek White cares about both sides of the court. That's what I'll <laughs> leave it on. Um, what should uh, what else should the Heat do? Um, go I'm back frustrated. two summers and not sign all of those guys to four year contracts. Yeah, they can't go back in time. Um, other think. than that, um, just be the six seed because that's, that's what that's what they're going to be. Because they, they, I'm annoyed. They, they have Jimmy now. It's like the last two years before he else, really though. falls off a cliff. Like it's it time's running out before Jimmy's physical limitations really catch up to him. Already, with we, all the yeah, we might already be there. Um, yeah. The only the only path to Miami being better than I think they are going to be this year is Bam. If, if Bam mm, like love fully Bam. out, like that's their he's the only guy on that team with upside. Like we know what Jimmy is. Jimmy, Jimmy's a star. Um, but the only other guy on that roster with with actual upside is Bam. Oh, Tyler Harrow. I'm all in on I'm, as well. I'm I'm not all in. I think he's a he was a first round talent, but I think people got carried away a bit. That dude is going to be fun. Fun is one, fun is accurate. He he's he's he, like he, a good Marshall Henderson. He can really so yeah, that's I'm a good comp actually. He's a he's a much better <laughs> player than Marshall Henderson. But I think Tyler Hero is going to be a quality NBA player most likely. But people will like see like this upside with him that I just don't see happening. Like he's at the end of the day, he's like six, four with short arms and he doesn't really have an athletic profile. Like he's going to shoot the heck out of it, I think, but that's kind of all he can do. Well, 
like super well anyway. So he's a nice supporting piece. Bam is the only guy on that roster for me that has any level of upside other than Jimmy. So if Bam reaches, if it, I were to helps. tell you that they traded for Bradley Beal midseason and they had to take on Wall, which I would do too. Does that give them enough? To what are they least? trading? Because I assume I, mean, they, it's I assume they have to send out Bam in that trade because it's the only way they can get him. No, because if you're taking John picks. Wall's contract, no, you do not have to do that. Absolutely not. If they you're taking John picks. Wall's contract, huh? They don't have. They don't really have any picks. Like no, I'm, I'm right, with, but you're not getting value. Like the no 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 no. no. Not the the Wizards are getting off the John Wall contract. But not you gonna, don't get good young players. That's not part of the deal. If we're taking I, John I, Wall, I'm kind of with you, but they're not going to do that. And there's no chance they're going to do that. How do we know that? They they've they they've, they've basically made Beal unavailable. Like from what I for now. It I don't would believe take this. a ridiculous package just to get Beal, much less. The Wizards are the worst team in basketball. They're going to have the worst um, record this year. They, I don't agree because they have Beal, but they're a bottom five team for sure. Every game that Brad Beal misses, they literally do not have a shot. Oh, if, if you took Bradley Beal off that roster, they'd be the worst team in the league by far. Uh, and I think Beal, he's going to miss a lot of games. I think they're going to conserve Well, they, they didn't do that last year. It. They didn't do that last year. He played No, he played but it's all the, the way I mean, it's new front office. I agree. No, I'm, I'm hoping they do what I honestly, I hope he's going to get a lot of rest. My prediction is he misses a lot of games with rest. I hope that's true. Honestly, that's what I would do if I was them. Um, but the thing about that is, I don't know. It's weird. If, if, because they have him on the team, they are not as bad as like Cleveland. Cleveland is going to be terrible. For instance, Charlotte is going to be Memphis is going to be really bad. Memphis is super, like super fun. Charlotte won't be that bad. Charlotte will be good enough to, to be just, not bad enough. All of, all, of, all of those teams at the bottom, the only guy on any of those rosters that's a star is Bradley Beal. So Bradley Beal being on the Wizards will make them better than those other teams. We'll see. I think I'm still, they're, I don't, I I to guess, they're, they're still going to be awful. Their second best players like Ish Smith. Like they're going to be bad. No question. My guess is they're the worst team in basketball this year, record wise. At the end, I mean, of the it, that's well, my it, guess. If you tell me that Beal plays like 60 games, that I yeah. might see that I might believe you. I if think he plays 75, right. then no. Hmm. I don't think he'll play 75. That's too high. Um, last thing, and then we're done. Would you be opposed to the Hawks signing Carmelo Anthony for a year? Yes. Hmm. Um, I, I, would I, would have gone, I wouldn't have gone insane if they had signed him before they signed Vince. Like, I wouldn't have liked it, and I would have criticized it. Um, I, I think just, I think Melo's done. I think Melo's been done for a while. I do, too. That's, that's not a personal thing, honestly. I think Melo kind of gets painted as a bad guy when he's actually not a bad guy. Melo's not a bad guy. Melo thinks he's better than he is. That's the biggest problem with Melo. Um, but Melo is not like a locker room cancer. Melo's a good guy. And everybody, everybody likes Melo, from my understanding. I've never covered him one-on-one. But, you know, judging around the league, people that have covered him, everybody everybody likes Melo. Melo's problem is that he thinks he's still Melo, and he's not that guy anymore. Um, once they signed Vince, they, they couldn't they couldn't take Melo. Um, I, I had Why? A, I won't I won't tell you who because I doesn't matter. But we were talking about there was somebody on the Peace Group staff that wanted to write kind of what you're saying. They kind of wanted to, mm. wanted to write the, the the plea for Mello. And it was like the day before Vince signed, and they hadn't mm. written it yet. And I was like, well, now you can't write it because they're they're not going to sign another power forward. That's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't have done it anyway. By the way, just for the record, like it wouldn't have infuriated me. But he's not he's not what you need right now. Like if you bring Mello in and don't play him what's the point of that? Like he's going to get, he won't, he won't like it. You'll get, a does bunch he sell of tickets? Want. No, no, Atlanta? I guess they don't care. Uh, he wouldn't play anyway. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Like Vince, I'm not sure Vince is going to play and Vince is a lot better than Carmelo right now. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where there's not really the, 
for this, and by the way, this goes for every team in the league. If you're not gonna play Melo, don't sign him. Because if you if you if you sign Melo, he does and he doesn't play, he's gonna not like that, and then you're gonna get a ton of coverage about how he doesn't like that. It's just bad energy. Like so, what you're gonna that's kind of the problem. That's probably the biggest reason why he's not already on a team is that everybody knows you don't want to sign Melo and have him be your 14th man. What's the point of that? Like he's not if he's, he's not gonna be happy with that. Yeah, you're right. You're not right about Oladipo. You're not right about the Wizards. You're not right. Your hottest about... take, your hottest take of the whole podcast was Derek White. That that was insane. I'm sorry. I the the Oladipo it's... thing. You're not alone, by the way. People like Indiana more than I do. I am. I am lower on Indiana. So you and I are further apart on that. But you're not like super out on your own on that one. I think the number one seed thing might have been out a little bit out of out of range. But the Derek White thing is out of you're out, you're out, you're out of your mind on that one. I'm sorry. I cannot wait till he makes an All Star team in the next two years. Um, I would be happy with that. I like Derek White. Derek White's also like my age. So to bring it full circle from earlier this podcast, I'm, I'm old and washed. Derek White's like went to high school with me. So that's good. <sighs> I cannot wait until Derek White is just a freaking like pop has him just full popped out. And he is just, a, I like Derek White. Listen, oh, by the way, uh, I, this is a big year for Derek White only because DeJounte Murray is back. And I'm not sure how that all works. So I think they trade somebody and it's probably DeJounte Murray. I kind of agree with you, but you have those two guys, um, and you still have DeRozan. So there's a lot of uh, guys who need the ball. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, Brad Rowland, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure talking basketball with you. Um, is there anything we need to check out from you from all the different places that you write at and podcast at this week? Um, nothing super pressing. I started, um, we rolled out our, I guess, part one of a five-part Sort of season preview series on my podcast, the Locked On Hawks podcast, uh, with the aforementioned Jeff Siegel, who joined me for that. We're going to break down every, every sort of quote-unquote position. Uh, the most re- recent podcast was about the centers. So Alex Lynn, Bruno Fernando, Damian Jones. They all suck. Uh, I like Alex Lynn. But Do um, you? Yeah, he's good. Oh, Not God, like, I cannot he, wait. He, People are going to turn on him. He's starting be, now. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be like a... 25 minute a game starting center on a good team, but Alex Lincoln plays, so he's okay. But anyway, um, that's listen, listen to more of that on my podcast, the Locked on Hawks podcast. And also I am the editor in chief at Peachtree Hoops. I also write over at Dime, formerly Dime Magazine, now Dime on Uprocks. Um, that's more national NBA stuff. So check me out there and wherever else. All right, Brad, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we will talk soon. Thanks, man. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you again to our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. Um, thank you again to all of my awesome guests for coming on the pod. Um, and don't forget, if you like today's episode and you are an Apple Podcast listener, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps. Um, you can also find us on Google Play, Spotify, Um, where you can access all of my previous episodes and read all my work so chase Thomas podcast slash page hyphen 11 um so go do that read all my stuff listen to the podcast um all that good stuff uh also follow me on twitter at chase double underscore thomas uh like the facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash chase thomas writer and uh also follow me on instagram at chase double underscore thomas all right thanks so much guys and i will have another episode for you very soon.
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.